0: My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow rejoicers in God's Christmas promise. I'm going to begin this morning by asking you a question that maybe you've been asked over the last couple weeks, and you may be asked it again in the coming days. What have you promised people that you're going to give them for Christmas? Or maybe we need to flip that question around and look at it from a different angle. What are you hoping that people are going to give you for Christmas? We understand that that from a physical, earthly sense, these weeks before Christmas and even the time of Christmas is a lot of Promises, hoping, waiting, and watching. Later this week, how many hopes will, on the one hand, be dashed, and on the other hand, how many people will be unexpectedly surprised? But if you think about it, none of that is really anything new at all. We read a moment ago, and we're going to spend a few minutes this morning looking at the song of praise of the teenage mother of our Savior, Mary. Mary had the privilege, and she recognized it, the privilege of being, you might say, one of the central figures in an event that people had waited and watched for for hundreds and thousands of years. If you've ever waited for an event, and I know we all have, you start to understand a little bit what this is all about. If you are looking forward to a certain event, There's a building sense of anticipation, isn't there? We've had to wait maybe months, weeks, days, and hours. But I doubt that any of us have had to wait hundreds or even thousands of years for an event. I can't even comprehend how someone would wait that long and still be excited. Mary recognized that that she was privileged to be part of the culmination of all of that. And Mary's words are an impressive reminder for us as we make those final steps to the manger for Christmas 2021. Mary's words are a great reminder for each of us That still today, no matter what we see going on, God's people have a reason to sing. And we're going to look at two big things that Mary's song, Still Today, give us a reason to sing about. We sing about our confidence in God's works But more importantly, we sing about our celebration of our salvation. I mentioned it a moment ago when we read the gospel lesson. It's very interesting to note the circumstance in which Mary's song was given to the world. It was not a concert in front of hundreds or thousands of people. The audience had one, maybe two people if Zechariah was there along with Elizabeth. And as we mentioned a moment ago, it's set up by Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, first of all saying, How on earth am I so honored that the mother of my Savior should come to me? Think about that. Elizabeth, along with Mary, both recognized what an incredible honor it was that Mary, a sinful teenage woman, was given the privilege of being the vessel that God used to bring our Savior into human flesh. And even before we get into Mary's song itself, Elizabeth herself makes a statement that helps us see why we have a reason still to sing today. Look at the very end of verse 45. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Think about that again. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Elizabeth recognized what a a change in faith, you might say, had happened in Mary. If you read about 15 verses earlier in, in Luke chapter 1, and we've all heard it at some point in our lives, do you remember Mary's initial reaction when the angel came to her and said, Mary, you are going to be the mother of the Savior. Remember Mary's reaction? Not how awesome is this, but a question of disbelief. How on earth is this going to be? How is God going to pull this one off? And now as Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth recognizes that Mary has had time to think about it, to comprehend it, and as Elizabeth herself says, to believe what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Mary then goes into her song, and it's interesting The majority of Mary's song is where Mary sings about what God has accomplished with his mighty works and power. I want to share with you two phrases from that. The mighty one has done great things for me. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. You recognize what Mary is doing with those phrases? Mary, probably in her mind at least, is looking from her vantage point back, very likely all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And she is recounting in her mind what she and generations before her had either seen or heard of the amazing, mighty things that God had done. I would invite you for a moment this morning to do that quick review in your mind. Do your quick review of Old Testament Bible history up until the time of Mary. And maybe you have a particular Old Testament Bible story that just really impressed upon you how awesome and amazing God is as he uses his almighty power on behalf of and for the benefit of his people. I will tell you that as I prepared for this, there is one that came to mind for me. The children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. You know that story well, right? The children of Israel fleeing from Egypt after Herod had thrown them out after the conclusion of the ten plagues. The Egyptian army hot on their tail. And the children of Israel even verbally expressed we are as good as dead men because we've got the army behind us, and we've got the Red Sea in front of us. And then in a very unexpected way, God shows his mighty arm, he shows his mighty deeds as he peels back the waters of the Red Sea, dries the bed of the Red Sea so the children of Israel can get across, As soon as they are safely across, God lets the waters of the Red Sea go back, and Pharaoh's army is drowned, and his people are safely on the other side. Maybe you had another one in mind. Maybe that was one of the ones that you thought of. But Mary's song reminds us that those are not just things that happened in the Old Testament. Those are not just events that occurred in the New Testament. Still today, each one of us can say, the mighty one has done great things for me. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. A while ago, I was in a conversation, and... It was in the time before Christmas and an individual said straight out with no shame or embarrassment, as I get ready for Christmas this year, I really have nothing to sing about. Now, I was a good boy and I kept my mouth shut. I didn't say what I wanted to let come off my lips, but I thought, how can any of us Ever say that. Yes, I understand as we approach Christmas 2021, there might be a lot of people who want to say something like that. I've got no reason at all to sing and be happy this Christmas. But just take those two phrases and do a quick review of your life to this point. Each one of us can look back on our lives and say there are those points where the mighty one has done great things for me. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Maybe as you hear those phrases, there are certain events in your own life that you think of where you saw God's almighty power on display in an incredible way. Maybe they were events in the lives of those who are nearest and dearest to you. Maybe they're events in the history of our country or in the history of the world. But lest we make the final journey to the manger this week and say, well, there's really nothing to sing about. Mary's song reminds us when we contemplate God's almighty works, we always have something to sing about, even in the midst of difficult and trying times. I said a moment ago, it's interesting that Mary spends the majority of her song focusing on that. We, we might find that a little bit interesting when we recognize that there is something that is far more important. Yes, it is comforting, reassuring, and strengthening to us to see how still today God works on behalf of his people with his almighty power. But in a few short phrases, with the absolute utmost humility, Mary recognizes that her song and our song is to be about something more important. Mary says, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Imagine trying to put that all together. You're a young teenage mother. You've comprehended that as a virgin you are with child. And then Mary goes, I am the one that God used to be mindful of the sinful state of every single human being. And then Mary puts it another way as well. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Once again, Mary does a look back. And she takes us from the first promise of the the Savior in the Garden of Eden to the repetition of that promise by prophets and ancestors over and over again. And she says... Let's thank God that he did not forget his promise of mercy. And she says, to Abraham and to our fathers. Mary's song is a wonderful reminder for us as we make those last days toward Christmas and all the other things that could be going on in our mind, Mary reminds us, take time and make your focus, that Christmas is all about the fact that God remembered his people, kept his promise, and in a miraculous way, sent his son as our Savior. Maybe you've heard about a man by the name of Dr. John Rosen. Dr. John Rosen is renowned for his work in dealing with schizophrenia. And what made Dr. John Rosen so renowned about his work in dealing with schizophrenia is the way that he dealt with them. He didn't take the approach of a normal doctor where he would come and spend a few minutes with his patients, maybe prescribe some medication or give them some other treatment, and then move on to the next patient. Dr John Rosen tried a very innovative approach. He actually moved into the psych ward and lived with his schizophrenic patient. His bed was next to their beds. He lived with them truly 24/7 365. And when those patients whom he helped were able to be released and go back and live in society, they all had a common story. He truly understood us because he was one of us and lived among us. And we owe him a sincere thank you. I'm guessing maybe you see the parallel between Dr. John Rosen's story and the Christmas story. Our God didn't just sit up in heaven and say, yes, I see and sympathize with the sinful plight of my people. God had his son literally Move in among us. That's what Christmas is all about. And there's even a name of God's Son that reminds us of that. Emmanuel, God with us. So as we have the opportunity to again celebrate that incredible event that Mary had the privilege of being at the heart of, We certainly have a reason to sing, no matter what's going on in our lives and in our world. In spite of what we might see going on, Mary's song reminds us we can sing a song of praise and thanksgiving, because still today, God continues to display his mighty arm, even when we may not see it or think about it. But most of all, God gives us the privilege once again to thank him for sending his son among us in an incredible way to take away our sins and give us the hope of living with him one day in heaven. God bless you as you sing your Christmas song with those thoughts in mind. We continue by bringing our gifts of thanks to our Lord.